are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the September edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We're going to start with this article related to the Crestone Energy Fair. Alternative building a big part of Crestone Energy Fair. This was written by Anya Katz. It's hard to describe how much this means to me, Robin Blankenship said, fighting back tears. Just because some people aren't interested in building alternatively doesn't mean that those of us who are shouldn't be able to, she continued. Standing among some of the dwellings she built herself using primarily recycled materials, Blankenship explained that it had that had it not been for Sawatch County's less restrictive building codes, EarthNAC, her Crestone-based school for primitive and ancestral skills, where she's taught for the past 33 years, wouldn't exist. Each year during the Crestone Energy Fair, home tours are offered to the general public to showcase Crestone's extensive variety of alternatively built homes. This year, after substantial concern that Sawatch County would be forced to adopt strict state-mandated building codes, Goldie Mariola, the Crestone Energy Fair's home tour coordinator, decided to organize a private tour of five alternatively built homes in the Baca. In attendance were members of the Energy Fair team, along with County Assessor Pete Peterson and several board members from San Luis Valley Rural Electric Cooperative. We want to show our county off officials real-world examples of what it means to build alternatively, Mariola explained. Some of the homeowners who agreed to be on the tour were initially intimidated by the idea of opening up their homes, fearing they might be exposing themselves to unforeseen pushback from the county. Ultimately, they decided it was worth the risk to preserve every homeowner's right to build the home they want and can afford to build. Survival is all about water, food, and shelter. That's all we've ever needed, but because of all of the reg restrictions, regulations, and home prices, building our own shelter has become less and less attainable, Robin explained it before leading us into her garden house, a gorgeous one-bedroom home that she built for only $10,000 using post and beam, plus infill straw and a wide array of recycled materials. The tour also included a home made with scoria bags, another with grain silos, and Mariola's Earthship, which she built from the ground up with her partner Matt and many members of the local community. We built every single part of this house with our own hands and now we get to live here. It's amazing, she said. After attending an Earthship Biotecture course in Ushuala, Argentina, Mariola couldn't believe that so few counties in the U.S. even know what an Earthship is, let alone would allow her to build one. It was such a relief to come to Crestone where people knew about Earthships. We could have never done this without the support we received from this community, she said. The Crestone Energy Fair, which returns for its 34th year, September 16th and 17th, remains a foundational pillar of our community's commitment to alternative building and is one of the longest-running alternative lifestyle fairs in the nation. 
through hands-on workshops, educational seminars, and ongoing learning opportunities centered around sustainable and regenerative living practices, the Crestone Energy Fair has become a reliable resource not only for the local community, but also for attendees who travel here from all across the world to learn from the best. The theme of this year's event is Reimagine, rounding out the last two years' themes, Reconnect and Reclaim. In light of the recent building code scare, it feels especially important now more than ever for us to think creatively and reimagine how we can continue to protect our community's access to such unique building opportunities in the face of shifting policies and external pressures. New this year is the Dreamers of the Future panel and talks featuring Bobby Gill from the Savory Institute, Peter May from E3 Ecologic, Sam Schmidt from Blue Range range, and many more. Workshops will include hands-on demos featuring aircrete, hempcrete, straw bale, earthship tire pounding, and cob. Home tours will also be open to the public and will include a variety of under construction and completed homes that feature straw bale, scoria bags, silos, earthships, papercrete, adobe and cob, passive solar design, and more. Aside from attending the event, Members of the community can support the Crestone Energy Fair in several ways. For volunteer opportunities, visit the website tinyurl.com slash energyfairvolunteer. If you have a local Airbnb or guest room you'd like to donate to house this year's speakers and musicians, or if you or your company would like to be a sponsor of this year's Energy Fair, please send an email to producer at crestoneenergyfair.org. And to learn more, visit the website, crestoneenergyfair.org. And some detailed information about the Crestone Energy Fair. It's being held September 16th and 17th in Crestone. The annual Crestone Energy Fair is a San Luis Valley tradition for more than 30 years. This free event showcases innovative ideas around construction, energy, and regenerative practices from around the region. Join us in this unforgettable celebration of music, performance, arts, culture, wellness, and sustainable living. On Saturday, performances include opening ceremony with Southwest Dancers, Melody Monroe, Cosmos Band, Chances Are Good, Mama Lingua, and Blue Murian. There's an after-party at the Apothecary with Singing Bones Medicine Show and Tonewood String Band. Panels and speakers on Saturday include Community Food Sovereignty Panel, Jay Sanders, SLVC Exchange, Climate Justice of Colorado, Building a Better World Together with Chelsea Alexander of 350 Colorado, Bringing the Soil Back to Life, How to Build a Johnson Sioux Bio Reactor with David Moriello of Oppenheimer Ranch, Natural Builders Panel with Eric Ficinus, the Off-Grid Guru. Death in the Garden with Jake Marquez and Marin Morgan. Water, Land, and Resilience on an SLV Ranch with Sam Schmidt, Blue Range Ranch. And Rehydrating the Baca Landscape with Peter May with E3 Ecologic. Workshops on Saturday include Musical Tai Chi Gong Dance with Makan Bird. Light Anchors and the Sacred Heart with Brian Met. Esco, Twisted Sage Studios, A New Paradigm for Balanced Living with Elijah Wenham, and Contact Improv with Anya Katz. Demonstrations on Saturday include Biomass Gasification for Waste Reclamation with Donovan Spitzman, Aircrete with Bruce Couture, Tire Pounding for Earthship Wall Systems with Goldie Mariola, 
and Cobb and Cobb Variants with Sean King. On Sunday, performances are Free Box Fashion Show, The Audience, Zeraphine, The Copper Children, The Closing Ceremony with Shumai's Hikiro Taiko, and Arthur Lee Layens' Twang is Dead. Sunday panels and speakers include Wellness Panel with Laura Enzer, Mountain Laurel Apothecary, Ask an Owner or Builder with Owner Builders Unite with Pete Van Horn and Matt Evers, Reimagine Homes and Commons with Art Installation Team, Dreamers of the Future Panel with Goldie Mariola and Lydia Sprouts, Reclaim Your Sovereignty, How to Become More Self-Sufficient with David Mariella and Leah Shaper of Oppenheimer Ranch, and Regenerative Agriculture with Mind, Body, and Soul, sorry, Mind, Body, and Soil with Bobby Gill. Workshops on Sunday include Primal Flow Ecstatic Yoga with Macy Petty and Max Havens, Birth Rites with Midwife Elisa Chambers, Sacred Womb Healing with Natalie McRae, Reimagine the Universe as a Story with Christina Cabeza, Sonic Apothecary with Peter May and Friends. And Sunday demonstrations are Building with Stone, to be announced for the presenter, Hemp Crete with Suzanne Rouge, Air Crete with Bruce Couture, and Straw Bale with Tony, with Tony Canada. Also on Sunday, there will be a pancake breakfast offered by Succeed at, from 9 a.m. to noon. Volunteer and volunteer sign-up is appreciated for food, artisan and craft vendors, Wellness Village, Reclaimed Art Installation, Seed Plant and Food Swap Booth, and Rainbow Lighting and Youth Village. And we have this note from the Crestone Energy Fair. We need your help. This free event is only possible through gracious sponsors, public donations, and amazing volunteers. Most sponsorships are in-kind, and we have raised just over $14,000 of our $50,000 fundraising goal for the year. If you feel moved to share your time and or abundance in support of this event, visit our link via the QR code above. Sorry, I can't tell you what that is. Or email CrestoneEnergyFair at gmail.com for donation link or volunteer sign up. And now turning to some county news. County Jail addressed by Sheriff. This is written by Sandia Belgrade. Sheriff Dan Warwick's thoughts on county issues. With several new issues arising and old ones still unresolved, many residents are asking for answers. Sheriff Dan Warwick in an interview detailed the concerns. One major issue is the county jail. In 2018, Swatch County residents approved a ballot measure for a sales tax grant to be used as part of the initial process for building a new jail. The present county jail, located near the Swatch County Courthouse, is old and unsafe for both those being housed and for staff. Committees were formed, locations were discussed, but it went no further. People are asking, what happened? It turns out, that over the span of just a few years, the estimated price tag for building a new jail shot up from about $1 million to $15 million, not a feasible undertaking for the county. Other rural counties facing the same financial pressures are joining forces. At present, Warwick is working with Rio Grande County to house Swatch County prisoners there, a workable solution that doesn't financially burden the county. The sheriff also said he is not able to find people who want to work a problem for many businesses in the county. 
He is also finding it difficult to hire and retain police officers since the county cannot compete with the pay being offered by larger and wealthier counties. The county commissioners have approved a pay scale increase which might help. More grants may also ease the situation. Warwick also said he believes Moffat's town board is overly influenced by Area 420. This is a large marijuana operation to the west of Highway 17. Warwick wondered if Moffat is becoming an outlaw town with no checks and balances. However, Ken Skogland, who is on the Moffat town board, said the board is in no way coerced by Area 420 and no one from 420 is on the board. Skoglund invited anyone interested to come to any of the town trustee meetings, which take place every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at Moffat Town Hall. Each week's agenda and a Zoom link for the meeting is posted on the Town of Moffat website, which is townofmoffat.colorado.gov. Forest Reserve Title Three Proposed Projects The recent devastating fire in Hawaii is a reminder, especially in parts of those parts of Sawatch County adjacent to forest land, that mitigation and fire-wise activities are especially important. The U.S. Forest Service provides yearly funding for projects in vulnerable areas. Proposals must have a demonstrated plan of activities. Two proposals have come in. Daniel S. Johnson, with 49 years of experience fighting wildland fires, is proposing to keep the Sawatch County Firewise program going for a 15th year. The service has been available to anyone living in a fire-prone environment within Sawatch County and includes a wildfire hazard assessment and a plan to mitigate near private properties with hands-on assistance in completing the plan, all free of cost to the homeowner. Since its inception in 2009, the program has completed over 590 assessments and 430 mitigation projects. More than 80 articles have been written in local media or online, and at least 30 public meetings have brought fire science into the local vernacular. When his crew is working, Johnson makes monthly reports to the county administrator and the Office of Emergency Management for full accountability. The program supplies training and highly skilled jobs to about a dozen local firefighters. Johnson contain, contends that, quote, a large fire could be coming and the more fuels reduction we achieve, the better chance our homes and neighborhoods will survive. Johnson continued, we don't, we don't clear-cut forests, we carefully thin crowded clusters and remove fuels to protect old-growth trees, taking into account privacy and erosion control. More information about the program is available at the Swatch County Fireways Program website. To get on the waiting list for a free assessment, call Daniel S. Johnson at 719-480-9764. The second application for Title III monies is from KFM Kundalini Fire Management. The organization is requesting funding to reduce fuels on 10 acres of sacred land, sacred land sanctuary way of nature land and on three acres of Colorado College land. This project will endeavor to reduce hazardous fuels, especially Rocky Mountain juniper in the riparian corridors and specifically near historic reference trees. Standing dead material will be put in contact with the ground to speed up biological breakdown. The Swatch County Board of Commissioners is soliciting public comment on proposals either to support or not support the Swatch County Firewise program. Contact your county commissioners before September 14th 
with your input at P.O. Box 100, Sawatch, Colorado, 81149, or email Wendy Mays at WMAEZ at SwatchCounty-CO.gov. Wild Places in Perpetuity Chris Canale, Director of the SLV Ecosystem Council, presented to the Commissioners information about a legislative opportunity to designate an additional 110,000 acres of wilderness within the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, the Great Sand Dunes National Park, and the Baca National Wildlife Refuge. This expanse was excluded from the 1992 Sangre de Cristo Wilderness Act because of unsettled mining claims. It has been classified as recommended wilderness in the Forest Services Management Plan since the Forest Service is no longer encumbered by the mining claims. There is now an opportunity to move forward to designate these lands as extended wilderness. These three wilderness recommendations have already been authorized in the management plans of the respective agencies and, if legislation goes forward, will be wild places in perpetuity. The Creston Eagle will have a more detailed story in next month's paper. Sawatch County employs code enforcement officers. Donald McDonald and Christopher Crown have joined the county as code enforcement officers. Whereas previous code enforcement efforts have had mixed results, this team has already completed 12 cases. During August work session, they reported that there were 14 outstanding cases, some not responding to letters. They are working on actively pursuing 18 cases and following up on 37 other blight cases. They are also following up on cases which lack sewer permits. They have also cleared 15 sites in Casita Park. Fourteen cases will be presented to County Attorney Brad Crowell for court appearances, beginning with the oldest or most egregious first. Between the two officers, they have covered over 1,000 miles to accomplish this and have significantly reduced the number of blight cases. The White Eagle near Crestone remains a public health hazard property and might need to be fenced in, which would be an expensive proposition. Public Health Report Director Mona Lovato confirmed what the CDC has reported. COVID is making a comeback. While the number of cases in the county are not significant, she said vaccinations are still available. The department has some basic necessities available for residents, including oxygen systems for power outages, diapers and other baby paraphernalia, toothpaste and toothbrushes, and even condoms. The department also has information on the county website regarding the recall of C-U-P-K-I-N double-walled stainless steel children's cups due that would be Cupkin double-walled stainless steel children's cups due to a violation of federal lead content. For comprehensive information regarding foster care and adoption as well as various avenues of assistance for children visit C-O the number four kids dot org. This resource provides valuable insight not only in foster care but also on reporting child abuse and facilitating efforts to ensure the safety of kids. Or you can call 719-655-2533. License plates, a final note of interest. Historic Colorado license plates are now available from the county clerk's office. And we have more information on that on Clips from the Clerk by Trish Gilbert, Sawatch County Clerk and Recorder. Her number is 719-655-2512. Colorado's 150th license plates now available. 
Creation of this license plate was per House Bill 22-1388. License plates have been available to purchase since Colorado Day, August 1st, 2023 until July 2027. The two license plates are based on the historic Colorado contest winning designs, which were determined in a statewide competition to design, then choose the winners in two divisions, under 13 and over 13. More than 34,000 Coloradans voted in the contest, available for motorcycles, passenger cars, trucks that do not exceed 16,000 pounds empty weight, non-commercial, not available for any vehicle registered as Tax Class A International Registration Plan, or recreational vehicles and motorhomes. Requirements. Pay usual taxes and fees. Personalized license plate fees, a one-time fee of $60 with an annual $25 fee collected each year thereafter upon renewal. The center logo is not printed on personalized license plates. Number of plates allowed, one license plate set, single for motorcycle, per person. Plate options, passenger regular license plate, passenger personalized license plate, motorcycle regular license plate, motorcycle personalized license plate. Plate costs. Coloradans can purchase either license plate online at mydmv.colorado.gov or at a county-operated motor vehicle office. License plates will cost $8.06 per pair in addition to local fees, making a total of $12.06 to update your vehicle registration, if current, to a Centennial plate. Standard registration fees apply for initial registrations and renewals. The historic Colorado contest was a low-cost effort to honor Colorado's history and celebrate the 150th anniversary with a commemorative license plate. Now turning to regional happenings, written by Leighton. Saturday, September 16th from 8 to 10 p.m., Gaia Vibes Dance Party at White Jewel Mountain. Sunday, September 17th from 6 to 7 p.m., World Beat Drum Circle followed by World Beat Music and Dance Ensemble Performance, a musical journey around the world at White Jewel Mountain. And in the community calendar, Wednesday, September 13th, Crestone End of Life Project Meeting at Little Shepherd Church from 7 to 8.30 p.m. On Thursday, September 14th, New Moon Fire Ceremony and Pitru Puja at Hataconda Universal Ashram from 10 a.m. to noon. Also on Thursday, September 14th, Swatch Senior Citizen Center meeting open to all seniors from 1 to 2.30 p.m. at 605 Christie Avenue in Swatch. And as we have mentioned, Saturday, September 16th and Sunday, September 17th is the 34th annual Crestone Energy Fair from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's free. And looking at news and events from the library from Sarah Cohen Frey, the Northern Swatch County Library District has two job openings, visitor experience attendant at the Baca Grand Library and administrative co-director for the entire library district. See their website for more information. Be sure you follow the Northern Swatch County Library District on Facebook for up-to-the-minute new releases, notifications, and events you won't want to miss. Recurring programs include Storytime, ages pre-K to third grade, every Tuesday at Swatch Public Library at 10 a.m., and Free Food Friday every Friday at the Baca Grand Library from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and at the Swatch Public Library all day. Special Events 
We have Storybook Fairy Garden Workshop on Wednesday, September 20th at 5 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library and the Community Flea Market Saturday at se on September 30th at the Otto Mears Park in Sawatch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. $10 per vendor. Call the Sawatch Public Library at 719-655-2551 to reserve your place. Check out the newest podcast featuring Lisa Bodie. Keep an eye on social media for the latest episodes. Library hours and closures. Baca Grand Library hours are Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sawatch Public Library hours are Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Creststone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.